This is Plant-Based Briefing, Chicken Talk, the language of chickens, an excerpt from the Hatching Good Lessons brochure by Karen Davis of United Poultry Concerns at upc-online.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, your host, and this is the Curated Content Plant-Based Podcast, where I narrate a variety of articles on plant-based and vegan and eco-friendly topics in about 10 minutes or less every weekday with permission. Today's article is from Karen Davis of United Poultry Concerns. She's the president and founder of this nonprofit organization that promotes the compassionate and respectful treatment of domestic fowl, including a sanctuary for chickens in Virginia. She's the author of numerous books, essays, articles, and campaigns advocating for these birds. Her latest book is For the Birds, From Exploitation to Liberation, Essays on Chickens, Turkeys, and Other Domesticated Fowl. And you can subscribe to their newsletter from their website, which is always full of great information. So now let's get to today's plant-based briefing. Chicken Talk, the language of chickens, an excerpt from the Hatching Good Lessons brochure by Karen Davis of United Poultry Concerns at upc-online.org. Our rooster, Glippy, sings on the roof of his house, adding to the music of the yard a steady, quiet trill. Living with chickens has made me realize how tuneful and talkative these fascinating birds are. The language of chickens is an essential part of their personalities and of their highly developed social life. Chickens start talking even before they are born. About 24 hours before a chick is ready to hatch, it starts peeping to notify its mother and siblings it is ready to emerge from its shell. This activity, which biologists call clicking, helps synchronize the hatching of the baby chicks. A communication network is established among the chicks and between the chicks and their mother, who must stay calm and unruffled for as long as two days while all the peeping, sawing, and breaking of eggs goes on underneath her. Since some of the chicks may have aborted in the shell during incubation, the peeps inform her how long she needs to continue sitting on the nest. Peeps and Clucks As soon as all the eggs are hatched, the hungry mother and her brood go forth eagerly to eat, drink, scratch, and explore. The chicks venture away from their mother, communicating back and forth all the while by peeps and clucks. The hen keeps track of her little ones by counting the peeps of each chick and noting the emotional tones of their voices. When a chick becomes separated from its mother, it gives a distress call, and the mother hen dashes out to find it, and, if the chick is in danger, to deliver it, hopefully, from the hole in the ground, tangled foliage, or a threatening predator. Nesting Calls When a hen is ready to lay an egg, she gives a pre-laying or nesting call, inviting her mate to join her in finding a nest site. Together, the hen and rooster find and create a nest by pulling and flinging around themselves twigs, feathers, hay, leaves, and loose dirt after they have scraped a depression with their beaks and feet. But first comes the search. Primeval grumbling, growls, and gentle squawks. When the rooster finds a place he likes, under a log perhaps, he settles into it and rocks from side to side while turning in a slow circle and uttering primeval grumbling growls, which may or may not convince the hen that this is the place. She may accept it or they may look for another site. Throughout the search, the hen squawks gently with her beak open, followed by a series of short squawks of diminishing intensity to keep the rooster coming back to her while she is away from the protection of the flock. Egg Cackles Upon laying her egg, the hen gives out an egg cackle to announce her happy accomplishment. This brings the rooster quickly to her side, and together they rejoin the flock. To human ears, the egg cackle resembles the chicken's cry of alarm, 
but to the birds there's a clear difference. A hen with chicks will continue feeding during the egg call, but will dart for cover when the alarm call goes out. The come over here, squawk. Often I have heard one of our hens call out to her rooster partner, I'm all alone, get over here. Our normally quiet hen, Petal, raised a ruckus if her adored Jules was out of her sight for long, even if she had not just laid an egg. Her otherwise demure little voice became, squawk, squawk, squawk. Hearing Petal, Jules would lift his head, straighten up, mutter to himself in what can only be described as chicken talk, and do an about-face. Off he'd go to comfort Petal, then silence. Cock-a-doodle-doo. Why do roosters crow? Remember that chickens are originally from the jungle. Their wild relatives have lived in tropical forests for tens of thousands of years. Perched in the trees and sensitive to infrared light, roosters see morning light at least 45 minutes before we do. They also have very keen ears, a distinct advantage when living amid dense foliage. It can be difficult to see a predator and keep track of one's flock when the subflocks are constantly moving from place to place while feeding. Through their crowing, every rooster can recognize the crow of at least 30 other roosters, probably more. As the protectors of the flock, roosters are always on the lookout. A shrill cry. If a rooster spots danger, he sends up a shrill cry. The other roosters echo the cry. Thereupon, the whole flock will often start up a loud, incessant drum-beating chorus, with all members facing the direction of the first alarm or scattering for cover in the opposite direction. All clear, all clear. When it looks safe again, an all-clear query goes out from the rooster, first one followed by the others in their various places. Eventually, the all-clear crow is sent up by the bird who first raised the alarm, and a series of locator crows confirms where every other rooster and his subflock are at this point. The Here's Food Song The finding of food elicits another kind of vocal communication within the flock. Roosters love to find food and call their hens to the feast while they play deferential host at the banquet. The speed and intensity of the Here's Food song varies according to the type of delicacy and the amount. According to a biologist, two or three kernels of corn elicit about half the intensity and speed between song peaks that several bugs will be granted. When the hens hear this song, they and the chicks come running to check out what the rooster has found to eat. Soon the good news is excitedly clucked to everybody to come join the party. Hens call their chicks to food in a similar clucking voice. Soft Trills and Peeps My first chicken was a crippled hen named Viva. She touched me deeply with her soft trills and peeps that seemed to come from somewhere in the center of her body as her tail pulsed at precisely the same time. Chickens have a soft purr of contentment somewhat similar to that of a cat. The Piping Voice of Woe In addition to their other vocal languages, chickens have a piping voice of woe and dreariness whenever they are bored or at a loose end. Occasionally, one of our hens has to be kept indoors for a while, perhaps because she's recovering from an illness, or because she's a newly rescued hen who has not yet joined the flock outside. Wearily, she will wander about the rooms, fretting or tag disconsolately and beseechingly behind me, yawning and moaning, like a soul in the last stages of ennui. A huddle of peace and well-being. As boisterous as chickens often are in the resurgent dramas of their daily life, there is a stillness in them which includes singing, often at the end of a busy day as they settle down on their perches for the night. The historian Paige Smith says of the hen in The Chicken Book, 
that she is, quote, rich in comfortable sounds, chirps and chirs, and when she is a young pullet, a kind of sweet singing that is full of contentment when she is clustered together with her sisters and brothers in a huddle of peace and well-being, waiting for darkness to envelop them, unquote. You just listened to Chicken Talk, The Language of Chickens, an excerpt from the Hatching Good Lessons brochure by Karen Davis of United Poultry Concerns at upc-online.org. And I'm Marian Erickson, your host, and this is such a beautiful article. Chickens are such amazing social individuals. They're so sweet and so soft and so precious. It breaks my heart that they're used for the egg industry and the chicken meat industry. Because for the egg industry, even if it's backyard chickens, the baby chicks are purchased from stores like Tractor Supply or online and shipped through the mail. But they're not hatched with a loving mother like we would think. They are hatched in incubators in factories and then quickly put on conveyor belts where they're sorted, males and females. And the males are separated and they are killed immediately. They're either macerated in a giant blender alive or they're thrown in the trash alive. What a terrifying beginning of life. That's only going to get more terrible if they're raised on farms, often giant sheds with no light, no room to move, no dust bathing, no sunbathing. And these quote-unquote layer hens are often killed at around two years of age for meat because their egg-laying production wanes or they have prolapse and they're no longer fit to lay eggs. And of course, they don't receive veterinary care. They're just left to suffer. So eating eggs is far from harmless. And chickens raised for meat are often raised in the same types of conditions, even if they're quote-unquote free-range or humanely raised. And then they're killed at around six weeks of life, a fraction of their natural lifespan. And typically, chicken catchers are hired to come in and grab the chickens by the feet, often six in each hand, stuff them into those little cages and put them on trucks where they can travel 24 hours sometimes with no protection from the elements, no food or water obviously, on their way to slaughter. Then they're roughly grabbed or dumped out of these little cages and the horrific slaughter process begins. You may have seen chickens in those trucks going to slaughter. It is so incredibly sad. Many of them are dead in the trucks. They can't survive either the rough chicken catching or the trip itself. Very, very sad, especially when we know they are thinking, feeling, sentient beings. No different than a dog or a cat. So please share this episode with anyone who might benefit. Most people are surprised to learn how communicative and social chickens are. And as always, thanks for listening.